The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss our MarTech predictions for 2021. Joining us is Carlos Dowdy, who is the CEO and Chief Marketing Technologist at the MarTech Alliance, which is a hub to connect you to learn and manage all things MarTech. They've got a great community, events, courses, a book club, and they even do MarTech certifications, all sorts of great stuff that you need for your MarTech needs. Yesterday, Carlos and I talked about why he believes that there's going to be growth in the MarTech budgets and adoption of our technology. And today we're going to continue the conversation talking about why Carlos believes that there's going to be more investment and innovation specifically in the event technology space. All right, on with the show. Here's the second part of my conversation with Carlos Dotti, CEO and Chief Marketing Technologist at the MarTech Alliance. Carlos, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for inviting me back. Excited to have you back on the show. Excited to continue our conversation. For those of you that didn't listen yesterday, first off, we're starting a beautiful new friendship and partnership between the MarTech Podcast and Alliance here. And Carlos and I were rapping about what's going to happen in 2021 for the MarTech space. And it's all roses right now. It looks like there's going to be more investment in MarTech technology. We're going to continue the trend that we saw in 2020. And a lot of that is driven by the change in behaviors related to the pandemic. We're going to see more need for marketing automation, data tools, social listening tools. And the question is, well, what does that mean for the media budgets and the headcount within the marketing space? And there's one space that I think is specifically interesting to talk about when we talk about the blend of technology, people, and media when it comes to marketing, which is the event space. Carlos, you're of the mindset that events are going to become the center of more innovation. And I actually think that events are the things that got crushed the most because of the pandemic. Walk me through why you think there's going to be more investment and innovation in the event technology space. Well, maybe I'm just praying that there is... I've got to say, I don't know about anybody else. I think if we're all honest, including someone like myself who runs virtual events, they're not as good as in person. They're simply not. I'm on the flip side. I'm just going to say, if there was ever a time when I appreciated that one or two conferences a year that I go to, it's the year after we've been in lockdown having two kids in our house. (laughs) Go on. So there's been an avalanche of virtual events, right? Especially if you work in marketing, God knows how many you've been to. 
I run Martech Fest dial up is our fancy way of saying it's dial up. So therefore it's online. See what we did there, the internet stuff. Mm-hmm. And we moved quickly. I think it took us about six weeks from lockdown to get an event live. And it was fun. It was good. It was interesting. But it wasn't as good as in person or anywhere near because you can't deliver that same experience. So I went on a bit of a mission. I think I tallied up 63 different events I went to, virtual events. Some of those in marketing, some of those in obscure music event of some sort to try and get something experiential that was really different and unique and engaging. And I've got to say, I didn't find it. And if somebody else has got it, I'd love to hear more. I have seen some good moments, but just nothing that really compares in any way, shape or form to in person. Whilst we're in the pandemic, there isn't really the competition of in-person because it isn't an option. But as we unlock and as the world returns to some level of normality, I'm hoping that there is going to be a level of innovation in the virtual event space that will keep us still wanting to do some level of virtual. I hear you in the sense of the virtual events are not in-person events and trying to replace them, you're sticking a square peg into a round hole I also think that the events have become more compelling and more interesting. I'm curious to hear from you, what are some of the technology providers that you've had your eye on that are doing innovative things in the event tech space? For me, the bit that I'd love to see more of are instances where you can interact more with people. So the networking element is the bit we're obviously missing most at the moment. I've seen some good features within Bizabo. They've advanced some of their interaction features so they've got an interactive part to one of their tools where you can actually do more sort of virtual roundtables, which I think is decent. I've also seen Zoom actually, interestingly, that a new feature within their platform. So you can do the sort of floating head. So instead of just being the head to the sides, over the top of the presentation, you're integrated a bit more. But you can hear that already. There's not enough innovation in that. Where's something really unique and engaging and different? And I'm not talking about sticking on a VR headset. I don't think that's the answer. I don't really don't know what the answer is, but I'm expecting from the level of investment that platforms like Hopin and Bizabo have taken that we will see something interesting and dynamic because the money's been there, the need's there. And I think we haven't needed to before now. And now there's an appetite and now there's a market for it. I think the opportunity will correct itself. Yeah, I'm interested to think about the data that's being collected from all these virtual events and how do businesses start to do a better job converting the people that are attending the events. We all went from, okay, I have to stay in front of my customers. We need to do webinars. I run an event. I need to put something out there. And the problem is going from what used to be a handshake and a business card and a direct conversation is now, okay, someone consumed more media from my company, hopefully in an interactive way. And I don't know if they enjoyed it. I wasn't able to meet them personally. So what's the follow-up from all of these events? Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? 
Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. What's the way to get somebody from this retention type activity into my sales funnel? And so gleaning data, how much time somebody spent in the event, how engaged they were, are they in market, all the intent data, like connecting all of those dots, I think is the area where the event space is best suited to focus. It's not necessarily how do we create a experience, you know, you mentioned a VR headset. How do I put on a VR headset and pretend like I'm at the Marriott? That's just not going to work. It's not going to happen. I agree with that, but do you not think we're still lacking the real customer experience there? So I definitely take your point on the intent data, yeah? It's incredibly powerful. If you give somebody 25 minutes, an hour, three hours, the level of intent and relevance and engagement that you've got there versus you've read an article three minutes or downloaded an ebook is much, much more. But from a user perspective, how are you really engaging? How are you really delivering an experience that's something different? So one thing I, I found particularly interesting, so around this, we were obviously, like many, we were doing the rounds, looking at loads of different event providers, going to loads of events. And concurrently to this, we were accelerating a lot of our digital learning production plans. So we've been planning to release our digital learning and we were like, given the pandemic, we need to move quicker. I think there is a gaping hole between the event space and the learning space. And so much like there is an EMS, which is now suddenly going, well, we need an experiential type of events platform. There's also like an LMS of a learning management platform through to an LXP. Hang on. You went through three acronyms very quickly there. And for people that aren't familiar with them, walk me through what those acronyms are. So we've got EMS, Events Management System. And then there isn't a event experience platform. There isn't an EXP, but somebody's surely going to turn up and take that. Because if you haven't got an X in your name, who are you? <laughs> but isn't it EEP, event experience platform? Anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah. And then on the learning side of things, there are a lot of parallels actually between kind of learning and events. And so there's a learning management systems, traditional learning, and then there's a learning experience platform, LXP. So that's why I don't necessarily believe that the event space is where the innovation is going to happen. Because I think people go to the events for three reasons business development, education, and networking. And if we're moving to, a, for at least the foreseeable future, a purely digital experience, I don't think those all end up getting solved with events. I think that the networking is, you know, a virtual something, a meetup or exchange, you know, swipe right to meet the next CEO and see if your criteria match Tinder for networking. I think that the business development, we're seeing more marketing automation, more outreach. I think that'll be an advertising-driven and a content-driven solution. And then the learning platform, I think people are sitting at home and they're going to be trying to learn, not necessarily from the events, but through things like courses and classes. And that's why I'm interested in, in the certification stuff that you do at the MarTech Alliance. What have you seen with your certifications and your online learning as opposed to what you've seen with events? Are you seeing more growth and interest in that side of your business? 
so my take of events versus learning, what's their purpose, what do they achieve? I think there's actually a different lens on this. And if you step back from all of it, there's a million different ways you can learn. And there's a sort of more formal structured learning, which I would put into the category of a certification. And then you've got more of a community-based or social learning. Like this podcast, this is brilliant. I'll walk away from this. I would have learned something. I would have met somebody that's interesting. If we were in person, we might have grabbed dinner. We might have chatted some more. I might listen to a podcast. I might read a book. Don't tell anyone I'm eating my lunch right now. (laughs) (laughs) We might have just read an article, read a book. So there's lots of different ways we learn. So there's kind of these micro learning, community, informal, social learning type of things. But the more awareness and the more you package that together, you might start saying, well, can't you find ways in which you can learn more from events? So yes, in person, I would say the primary reason to go is networking, followed by business development. But then there is learning in there as well. So if you can start to package and piece together the different ways in which you can learn from an event, it can start to serve a stronger purpose. And in a virtual environment where we can't satisfy the ability to network quite to the same level. If there's a greater strength around what you learn from that event, it becomes more powerful. Yeah, I just think that the reason why events are so popular and so effective is that people accomplish multiple things at once. I'm going to go meet some business contacts. I'm going to go learn something. It's going to be a little bit of a party. I'm going to get some peace and quiet at night, maybe, depending on whether you have kids or not. And then all of those things together, the learning, the environment, the networking, it's great. And you get to travel a little bit. But I think when we move to a purely digital space that you can do all of those things and there are better technology solved for each individual one as opposed to the event. And that's just my personal opinion. I haven't spent a lot of time doing a lot of webinars this year, even though I've been invited or even hosted a a fair amount of them. I just think that there's other forums and communities and classes that are online that are more effective for that type of distribution of information. I think that's interesting. And I think maybe one of the root challenges we have is that trying to think and translate a in-person event to an online one, instead of just going, actually, is this just a delivery of some information? And if we think of that, we stop trying to make it tick the boxes of what we would do in person, we might treat it differently, and we might make it more learning focused, or we might make it less business development and less networking, because it can't fulfill that in the same way. So actually, one interesting thing I think might play out in the events tech space is LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn has expanded its offering and its features around events. So it's obviously introduced live streaming, although it's pretty late to work out video live streaming, it was needed. But it's also made virtual events a more pertinent part of the platform. So here's one for you. Potentially, will we start to see that LinkedIn doubles down on its events tech offering and starts to push that more heavily to create a more interactive experience on the platform? could be a way in which people find a way in which they can reach a larger audience because you've got the access of the world's largest CRM. Obviously, we'd all prefer to have our own events where we can get first-party data, but within the ecosystem of LinkedIn that's got this mass reach and access, it could be interesting to see if more events start to be delivered through that platform. See, I think the replacement for what happens in events ends up being communities. And I think a lot of them are going to be on Slack. And I think that's one of the big contributing factors for why Salesforce was interested in Slack is that it's not just a company communication tools. We're also seeing these pockets of community being built. And so flushing out that experience, integrating the CRM data with those communities and being able to convert them into business prospects. I think that's really the future of the online event where it is an ongoing AMA style Slack or, you know, we would create the MarTech community Slack, something like that, similar to what you're doing at the MarTech Alliance. 
Yeah, that's super interesting. And what's next for Salesforce with the acquisition is interesting. And certainly they missed the boat. They should have had a Zoom-like feature within it. How on earth they didn't manage to have that integrated and Teams suddenly was sort of catching them at the time. And if you look at Teams have doubled down on events as well. So I think that's a, a sound bet actually to say that Slack will start to offer more events-like features. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the space. And Carlos, we're going to bring you back one more time tomorrow to talk about one more interesting space that we think is going to be growing. And we're going to throw another three-letter acronym at you as well. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Carlos Dowdy, the CEO and Chief Marketing Technologist at MarTech Alliance. In the third part of our conversation, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Carlos and I are going to discuss why we believe that there's going to be a continued rise of CDPs and data-driven marketing. And if you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Carlos, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Carlitos Doughty, C-A-R-L-I-T-O-S-D-G-H-T-Y. Or you could visit his company's website, which is martechalliance.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to a once a week newsletter, or you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.